Hi friends, happy summer. With the change of the seasons, I've been doing a bit of a reset and I'm feeling really light and airy and joyful, but also really emotional. Um, This cancer moon has thrown me for a curve and it's just, it's been a tender week for me. I'm not sure about you, but all the emotions are good and I've had to let them just move through my body and experience them all. And now I'm feeling quite joyful and excited about summertime with my family and the longer days. I've been thinking a lot about the meaning of prosperity because our culture looks at it only as financial wealth, but I think it's so much more. And with what's been going on in the world, I needed a reminder to focus on gratitude, to focus on what actually matters. Because I'm a control freak at times, I've been working on this for years, and I get lost. I get lost in wanting to do. I get lost in wanting to control situations, and I know I'm not alone in that. But the antidote to control, the antidote to doing for me is gratitude. And I came across a really fantastic book and I wanted to share it with you today. And I just so happened to connect with the author and she agreed to come on the podcast. And so I was really excited to have her on to talk a little bit more about how she defines sacred prosperity because sacred prosperity is so much more than just financial wealth and It abides by the laws of the universe, but I think some of us don't really know what those are. We didn't grow up learning the laws of the universe. And in this book, she gets into a lot of detail on that, but also so much more, teaching us ways to work through our blocks, repattern the areas of lack and scarcity, but also remind us to focus on what we want more of. I love it. I highly recommend you check it out. And I'm going to just read to you a passage from the end about sacred prosperity before we get into the book and our conversation with Catherine. We humans vacillate both consciously and unconsciously between the material and spiritual worlds as often as the tides ebb and flow in every area of our life. Everyone is seeking abundance and prosperity on some level in the material world. That's okay. We live on a material planet where life's necessities require material prosperity, but few understand how to recognize sacred prosperity or what it even is. Sacred prosperity has no bank account. It cannot be accumulated in a secret stash. Its assets cannot be bought or sold. No one person or entity has presiding governance of it. It can't be earned, it can't be taxed, and it can't even be shared. When in the midst of sacred prosperity, you have expanded beyond the material, human part of who you are, into a power greater than yourself that's relentlessly providing the path to abundance of the invisible sort. What you do on that path is up to you. Sacred prosperity is the feeling of joy one gets when in the experience of relationship, where all parties share moments of forgiveness, unconditional support, understanding while wishes, pardon, hope, faith, etc., It's standing in the middle of your closet, pulling out an outfit to wear and giving thanks for the opportunity to even have that outfit in the first place, feeling joy over it, wearing it as an expression of yourself and the joy you've experienced from it, from the shopping for it, to wearing it, to passing it along to someone else who can use it and maybe love it as you did. It's the feeling one gets when giving without looking back or expecting to receive anything in return. 
and excitement that you get to share your material blessings with others. Looking back in regret of your gift moves you from sacred prosperity into lack-minded consciousness, but there's never lack in sacred prosperity. Sacred prosperity is standing up to doubt. It's a knowing you're an instrument of love and peace. When you live this truth and others see you, you're spreading sacred prosperity and multiplying your own. It's the experience of giving anonymously. When your giving is attached to your name, you have received your reward. If you've never given anything anonymously, do so. It's an amazing high that cannot be duplicated by any other experience. Sacred prosperity is the feeling of joy you experience looking at your grandchild for the first time. Do you recognize when your soul gifted with experiences that make your life easier? Like opening the book to exactly the word you were looking for, or running into someone whose hug they provided was exactly what you needed at the moment. Are you grateful for that flat tire? How do you know the delay of the flat didn't save you from ending up in a place where you would only get hurt, robbed, or maimed? Sacred prosperity is looking at everything beyond the material blessings or consequences. It's being in the mindset of accepting of the things you cannot change. Sacred prosperity is serendipitously finding a $1,500 error in favor in your favor on your tax return from the year before and filing an amended return for the refund. It's the return of your prodigal son or daughter. It's receiving notice of a pension payout from 40 years ago you were entitled to but never received and receiving the funds a week before you close the purchase of your vacation home. Sacred prosperity is having a great friend who loves you unconditionally. Sacred prosperity is looking at a comedy of errors produced by employees as God at work, and then you see how the error benefited someone else in a financial way who needed it more than you or the company. Every moment of sacred prosperity you are gifted with and recognize as such is intended to build the connection to prosperity between your soul, your God self, and your material self. Fortunately, the recognition of sacred prosperity and true material prosperity usually coincide this is because one begets the other. When you can see and give gratitude for all the big and small things in your life that are not connected to the material world, you're dwelling in sacred prosperity. Material abundances cannot help but follow. It's the universe's great pleasure to provide material and sacred prosperity. And it's the sole purpose of the universe to provide a flow of abundance. Everything in our universe works in perfect harmony. The sun gives warmth and energy. The lakes and oceans hydrate our bodies and our planet. And our, the air we breathe provides the life-giving chi. We dwell in sacred prosperity in every moment. Sacred prosperity has always been there for you. Wow. It's a powerful message, right, in these times. Because when we turn on the news and or we have a conversation with somebody we haven't seen in a while, it feels like the messaging is really negative. And I think you're going to enjoy this short conversation with Catherine, the author of this book, as a reminder of what we should be focusing on and what really matters in our Before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you just a bit more about Catherine Wilcox, the author of the book, Sacred Prosperity, A Guide for Conscious Change. She is a spiritual advisor. She's definitely an intuitive, and she's currently a conscious change coach, but she spent a lot of her time prior to writing books in real estate. And although I did not know her before the episode, we do jump right into her story and how she came to embrace spirituality. And I want to give a trigger warning because it involves death. 
So if you've recently experienced death or you've lost a child, you may want to skip ahead a few minutes and avoid this part of the episode. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the um, Perspective podcast today. I found your book online. I really resonated with a lot of what you had to say, and I can't wait to get into your book today. But first, I would love for you to just share who you are and your own story of awakening and how you got into this work. Amazingly, this work began for me with the death of my daughter. I, I was 28 years old when she passed and she was hit by a car. Actually, her father accidentally backed up over her. And from that experience, I really wanted to understand, okay, what is this all about? You can't just be a mother, have a child, have the child leave and not have it have a deeper meaning. So from that point on, I began to connect with the spiritual side of ourselves I believe that we live on a planet that we are a spiritual being having a human experience. So we have a human side of us that requires our attention and we have a spiritual side that requires our attention. So when something as deep as the death of a child, at least for me, hit my stomach, it just made my head go in a thousand directions. Okay, God, what is this about? And that led me actually to understanding that there is a power greater than ourself that is in charge of all things. And that every relationship we have, every experience we have is really all about us finally getting to a spot where we become more light-filled beings rather than taking light beings, which is the material side of us. You know, we can't help to be self-centered when we're focused on the material side. But when we realize that there is a spiritual side to prosperity, then we learn some skills, some traits to actually wait on God for your prosperity. So that, so my daughter's death led me to a search for a deeper meaning of things. And then I realized that you can have God even in prosperity because it's not just a material wealth, that's prosperity. One of the things I did that really firmed that up for me is one time I went to a very high-end ball that we have in our neighborhood here. And I stood outside the door for about four hours and I interviewed anybody and everybody that walked out and asked them, okay, what does spirituality mean to you? And the answers were, I'm sorry, what does prosperity mean to you? And the answers were incredible uh, from being able to live on a beach for the rest of my life to having love between my children to uh, having a bank account full of a lot of money. There was just a million different definitions of it. And so that's what caused me to start writing the book on sacred prosperity. I believe that there are secrets, uh, you know, the the book, The Secret, the movie, The Secret, it is right. There are secrets to prosperity. And if you live your life in a way that pleases the spirit side of yourself rather than the material side of yourself, you will have both material and spiritual prosperity. That's beautiful. I'm so sorry to hear about the death of your daughter. It's interesting and interviewing a lot of people about their own awakenings. I feel like about half of them had more of an organic experience and about half of them like yourself had some sort of catalyzing event that really pushed you into this, this awareness that you didn't have before. And so it's like, you mentioned in the book, you know, there's always a reason for everything. So it seems that a lot came out of that, the death of your daughter, but I'm so sorry to, sorry to hear. I had an older child, uh, a boy, he was three when that happened. And because that death happened the day before my divorce was final, uh, 
which was even made it more traumatic. Uh, I never did have any other children. And my son today is 49 years old. But as I look back on that experience, uh, although this isn't really about prosperity, I see that uh, a death of anybody like that has a huge, I mean, everybody who was around me when that happened had their own experience with my daughter's passing. It was really beautiful in a way as people would come back to me years later and say, you know, I learned this watching you, how you worked through your daughter's death. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of good came out of it. Well, it's still a hard way to, to experience life. So what were you doing at the time? I, I, I read in your book that you were kind of in real estate. Are you still doing real estate in addition to kind of the healing stuff as well? Or, well, I'm transitioning from real estate sales. I am a commercial real estate broker by trade, have been for the last 40 years. Uh, and I'm transitioning into just doing healing work. I'm a conscious change coach. That's what we call it because bringing about conscious change is the only way that the planet is going to morph into the new millennium correctly, or at least, well, I should say in a spiritual way, God's got this, everything's in God's plan. But I believe there are a lot of light teachers such as yourself and myself that are trying to show people there are different ways to accomplish what you're trying to do than just me, 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 self, self, self. Yeah. And we're going through such a massive shift right now, which I'm sure you're aware of. And it's just such an interesting time, um, which is one of the many reasons I started the podcast when I did about six months ago, but well, eight months ago, but um, time is just not even fluid in my head right now. I don't know, but there's no um, such thing as time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing to me, but um, so are you primarily self-taught from that experience with your daughter? Have you had coaches or mentors along the way, or is this, did a lot of this come naturally to you? Cause you seem to know a lot about energy, you know, understanding energy itself. Well, that is a result of writing uh, my latest book, the new stone age crystal data for the 21st century. My husband five years ago gave me a little box of crystals and four crystals. And with those crystals, came a little note that said this crystal does this and this does that and I went no way that's not even possible so I set out on a journey to prove that that wasn't true and instead discovered that oh my god it is true but the core of all of that is energy Mm -hmm. and that we are total energy beings and everything around us is energy and everybody's energy is interacting and crystals have energy because of their structure and that's interacting and the minerals that you put in your body by when you eat have all different properties and an energetic force. Every mineral has a different energetic force in your body. So once you start to understand that everything is energy, then you can say, okay, you know, what energy do I want to be a part of? You actually can make choices, mm-hmm. uh, not only with the food you eat, but the thoughts you think and the feelings you feel are all important to having prosperity because it really isn't true prosperity really starts with a perfect health, good thinking, perfect health, mental, good mental, you know, things happen and you have to be able to take what happens in your mind and you have to process it to remember that, okay, there's a power greater than myself that's in charge of this. And I just have to chill and go with the flow. And that is really difficult. Uh, Just recently I've been embezzled. I have huge, yes. And it's not my first time having been in business for 40 years, but this, this embezzlement came from a gal that had been with me for eight years. I had told her when I retired, I was going to give her and another gal the business. 
Uh, and she probably has got me for about $15,000 so far, but it wasn't even the money anymore. It became a, a solar plexus issue mm -hmm. because she was like a daughter to me. And so that somebody could do that, it just really yanked my innards right out. First, I dealt with the financial aspect of it, but I still think I'm reeling with the innards of it. And one of the things I noticed was how out of center I became, even though I, I'm repeating to myself, God's got this, this will, this will work itself out. There are so many trickle down effects that come with this problem that she created for me that my whole life has just shifted. So instead of like, rolling with the flow, which is what I teach people and try to do myself, I became really uptight. I became full of fear. I became worried and everything else I was noticing even this morning, I went a whole week without even watering my plants at home. I love my plants. I'm a regimen for my plants, but everything started to go to hell because mm -hmm. I was out of center. And so when you're out of center, there's no way that you'll experience prosperity, period. It's just the way it is. So I'm yeah. really working hard to get back into that center, being back out in my garden, outside working, exercising, making sure that I'm eating correctly, because I noticed I was eating a lot of comfort food. I needed comfort. I was looking forward in food. So then you become unprosperous in your mental mind body, your physical mind body, and your emotional mind body. And those mind bodies, in order to attach to a higher source, need to be centered. They need to be balanced. Absolutely. And I think in the book, you mentioned, you talk a lot about great um, gratitude, which I kind of would put in the, the mental mind body in a way, because I feel like it's easy for an event like that, a traumatic event to happen. And you just get caught in a rut for so long. And I, the first thing to go is just the mind, like your mind just starts running all of these narratives, all of these thoughts, you know, fear-based, lack-based thoughts, untrustworthy thoughts. I've been through something similar in the last six months and where the only way to knock myself back into alignment has been to obviously focus on my physical body, love my physical body, because it's easy to fall out of that as well, but also to focus on gratitude, which you talk a lot about in the book. And I love all of the exercises you have on gratitude, because I've noticed when I get knocked off center, that's the first thing to go out the door for me is that I just stop focusing on gratitude. And I start to focus on all the negative, scary things. And like you said, you forget to water your plants, you know, your life gets out of sync. And before you know it, if you're not aware, it could be six months or a year that you're in this Some people mind space. Yeah. Some, people they're alive. <laughs> Some people that I've talked to that have been embezzled years and years ago mm -hmm. are still talking about it as if it happened yesterday. And so you have to recover or else you're not in the groove. Right. Have to, you have to recover. Interestingly enough, you bring the, the gratitude up. I made a list of five things that I am grateful for that have occurred as a result of the embezzlement. Mm -hmm. So and when you make lists of things that shows your gratitude, okay, okay, God, I see the blessing in this. I see the blessing in that. That is a form of gratitude. When you can see the blessing in the things that happen that may not have, uh, you know, may have shifted your life in ways you don't want to shift it, which it did to me. I had a whole, a different, uh, a different event of things to do this summer that got completely replaced with having to go in and find the, the lost money, re-fix the situation so it can't happen again. And it wasn't until this last weekend, ironically, where I was finally able to say, okay, I have to accept what happened. This is going to be my schedule. I'm going to do this and this 
for so many hours a day. And then I'm going to go back to doing the things that I had planned to do this summer because you, you can't just become totally focused on one thing. And like I say, forgetting everything else, that's when you become imbalanced and then disease sets in. I can always tell at my age when I'm not well, because my spleen will give me pain. Mm -hmm. It's saying, mm -mm, mm -mm. so when I get that pain, I know it's time to step back and get recentered. And it just doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your body is the physical messenger. Definitely. Amen. Totally agree with that. I've been working on my own health journey for a long time since I had my son two years ago. And I, I feel, I feel exactly the same way. I actually quit my full-time job as a financial planner to focus on my health and kind of launch this new business and take a step back. And that's brought with it so much stuff, you know, that's come up internally fears and lack and all these things I thought I had worked through that I coach people on that we still have, you know, even though we think we there's, there's the work is never done. You know, there's always times where experiences happen in our lives and we have to go back to the basics um, to recenter ourselves and get back into that flow. One of, my, one of my favorite sayings is we teach that which we most need to learn. Mm -hmm. We teach that, which we most need to learn. So if we're teaching it, we probably really still have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And you teach on grief and prosperity, which seems very um, fitting for you. Yeah. Wow. It's an incredible story. Well, tell me, so let's chat about the book a little bit. I have the book here. I love it. I didn't think it would be so a workbook style book, but I love it because it's just such a fantastic tool that you can keep going back to over and over and over again. So I haven't worked through the whole thing, but, um, I made it kind of through the gratitude and the, just the beginning where you write out your wants or needs statements. But so I'd love for you to just share what, what you feel prosperity really is. What is sacred prosperity? If you could just define that, um, for us, because you look at it in a very holistic way, which I do too. Well, I think sacred prosperity is, is accepting the fact that at this moment, everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. So if you can understand that at this moment, everything you need or everything you need or want is already provided for you. And I would challenge anyone to look around them and be honest with themselves and say, okay, yeah, everything I need is here. I need air, I need water, I need food. You know, I need whatever you need is there. So when you can give gratitude for everything that you have at the moment, you are in the space of sacred prosperity. If you create an intention to need more, then it will come as long as you're willing to pay the price for it. And there is a price for everything that we have. Nothing in this planet is free. That's beautiful. Well, I love that. I love that definition. So in the book, you talk a lot about the universal laws. I don't know how you like to define the principles, laws that we kind of can abide by to bring more prosperity into our lives. And I think really just balance ourselves out. And obviously the law of attraction is one, you know, if, if you want to run through some of those, we can go through some of those or, or we can just talk generally, but I really enjoyed reading your ideas. The law of the spoken word, are these things that you've channeled yourself or that you just learned along the way? I have, I'm a voracious reader on back in the olden days. It used to be called self-help. It's not called that anymore, <laughs> but I read many, many, many authors, uh, who teach that they're just our rules. And so let me take the spoken word as one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. A great example of that is I had a girlfriend who was 50 years old and for whole life, all she'd say is, oh, that was so funny. I thought I would die. Or I thought I would die when I saw that. 
And guess what? At 51 years old, she died of a very rare cancer, small bowel cancer. Why? Because that's how she spoke. So when it comes to prosperity, when you say I'm broke or I don't have enough, you are actually throwing that out into the universe because the universe doesn't care whether you're broke or wealthy. Let's be clear about that. We create our own prosperity. We create our own everything with the things we think about and the words that we actually speak out into the world. So the first thing I would recommend for people that are looking to change their prosperity quotient is to look at the words they're speaking. Most people aren't even aware. Uh, another famous one that'll really, when people say, my cancer, I'm going to my cancer doctor. Why would you claim it? Why would you claim cancer? Okay, why you don't have, you can claim your health as easily. So the universe doesn't care, but what does happen when you say, I'm broke, the universe somehow in its infinite wisdom says, okay, they want to be broke. They've just created an intention of brokenness. Let's be sure we provide all the circumstances around them that are going to ensure that they get what they ask for. Because we live on a planet of intention. We ask, we get, we create, we manifest, we speak, it manifests. Now, can you say today, I'm going to be a millionaire and be a millionaire next week? No. But if you say, I am a millionaire, and that is truly in your heart, and that's something that you really must have, then the universe will in time provide the circumstances for you to have that. The path you go down will be based on how you treat it, because prosperity is coming to everybody. What they do with it, how they, how they treat it is another, another thing. Mm -hmm. My favorite, probably my favorite law of the universe is what you give comes back tenfold. And uh, I taught Sunday school to 11 and 12 year olds for 10 years. And that was probably the highlight experience of my entire life. That age group is like little sponges and they want to learn. So one day uh, we decided as a group, there were probably 20 kids to sponsor a child in Africa or somewhere where the kids would bring in 50 cents, a quarter, whatever they had. And at the end of the month, we would send off, I think it was $30 a month to Jeanette. So we did that for about three or four months because I wanted the kids first to learn about the importance of thinking beyond yourself, giving beyond yourself. And so uh, after about 90 days, we had a group meeting and uh, I said, okay, so y'all been giving out your, a portion of your allowance. And I tried to teach them to give 10% of whatever their allowance was, whatever that was, it didn't matter. We never looked at what kids, we put a jar around and the kids would put it in. Very important that your gifts are kept silent for yourself. And after about 90 days, we had this discussion and one of the kids says, well, he says, I gave a dollar to Jeanette last week. And he said, my neighbors invited me that afternoon to go see the movies. Oh, that's a great return on your investment. But oh, that wasn't so great. But they bought me popcorn and pop and that was $10. So I figured I gave a dollar to Jeanette and I got it back in $10. Now, is that the real motivation to give money away? No. But when you're young, it's good to learn that, that law. Right. Eventually, as you mature and involve in, into realizing your spirit self as opposed to your material self, you can see that giving money away to those that are not as fortunate as you are is a, is a well, now when I write my checks to give anything away, I'm so excited to do it, I can hardly stand it. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing concept to be excited to write a check for, let's say, $1,600 to give away not really sure where that money's going to come from in the end. I mean, you got, everyone's got their bills and expenses, but it's so amazing to me 
I did write a check this summer to a, an event. Uh, some gentleman in Florida was doing an event to help a kid's camp. And my husband's going, oh, write him a check, write him a check. So I wrote him a check for $1,600 and wow. uh, gladly. And two weeks later, I won a drawing for $3,500. Now explain that. Wow. How does amazing. that happen? That's instant, instant payment because when I wrote that $1,600, I was excited. My solar plexus was excited. And because of that, you know, it, it automatically just brings it back. That's the law of attraction, but it takes the law of attraction to a different level to where you can really understand it. So what you speak, you attract back to yourself and what you give, whether it's money or SAS or whatever you give out, greed, you're going to get it back tenfold. I think it also applies to how, you know, how you speak to yourself. Yeah. And I see so many people that are in this mode mode where they want or need, want or need, you know, in their minds, I, I need this, I need that, I don't have enough. And it just goes back to that spoken word, you know, it's just, you're telling yourself that. So it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. And one of the things I like to do when I feel like I'm in that space is to give. Yeah. When I feel like I can't give, you, that's when I can afford it. Right. right. When you at least can afford it, when you think right. I don't have anything to give, write a check, you know, do something for somebody else. And it always comes back. It's amazing. With love on your heart. That's the secret. You have to give with a huge amount of like, yo, yay. Excitement. Go with it. Mm -hmm. Knowing and trusting. Really so again, when you are in the mode of want, the universe goes, okay, they want, and the universe is just going to keep you in that mode because you have spoken. I want when you just go, okay, God, your will and not mine you know, you see something you want, whatever that you would like to have, and you go, okay, that would be nice. So I'm looking to buy a different house. We have a big house. We'd like a smaller house. And I know that God will provide that when the time is right. So when I say I want a smaller house, I'm going to always be in want. So I'm very careful not to say that, you know, you know, when God's will is ready to, to show me the smaller house, I know that he will, because everything in my life I have because I've been shown it first, but it always does start with a thought in my mind. Nothing wrong with those thoughts. Right. That's kind of the beginning seeds of manifestation in a way. So Definitely. as long as it's coming from the right place, right. From the heart. Um, well, that's wonderful. So I'm looking at your laws here and the law of reciprocity is also one that I think is really powerful. I know that I've been in this space before where if you're in, in selfishness, that also comes back to you. So being selfish just in general, I think as you go about in the world, just makes your world smaller. You know, the, the, the prosperity is not going to come if you're in a selfish place, even if it comes from wanting to save money, you know, extreme couponing or just even that kind of behavior, I think kind obsession, of prosperity. Right. That's an anti-prosperity obsession. Right. Coupons are great. You know, if they're easy and you're not like obsessed. Yeah. I know people that, you know, will not shop for anything unless they have a coupon for it. I say, God bless, you know, takes all kinds, but that flow, you have to be willing to pay out to get it back. Mm -hmm. So when you say, well, I'm not, that the price of that object is not worth it to me unless I can get it for less. You in a way are stopping the flow of money, the flow of prosperity, the flow of success. Uh, one of my favorite, I like to talk about people who, copy CDs. Well, that's kind of old fashioned now, but to give to other people so that they can listen to it. But when you do that, you have just stolen from the person who originally did the CD. So you've blocked 
a flow of your own prosperity by basically saying that 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 I should take for free that CD and give it to somebody else. That's stealing. You cannot steal and be blessed. So what are some other ways that you share to kind of work through those blocks, those scarcity issues? Have, have you experienced it yourself in your life? Um, obviously you wrote the book, so I, I assume you have at some point. <laughs> Definitely. I'm still, I'm always there. Yeah. It's not something that ever goes away because there's only two, there's only two emotions on this planet, love and fear. So fear is selfishness. Fear is lack. So anytime you, you really start to realize that you're being selfish or you're afraid of lack or whatever your fears are about, you really are basically not in a mode of love. So sacred prosperity is being in a place of light and love when you experience your blessings. And so, yeah, fear. No, you really have fear is the worst block towards prosperity that you can even imagine. Another one would be looking at someone else who's prosperous and being uh, jealous or judgmental. So instead to compensate that, when you see somebody who's really wealthy, you go, God bless, yay for them. And, and that's how you begin to change your own concept. And when you have the God bless good for everybody, again, money will just flow. And I shouldn't use the word just money. I should say that what you, what you need is provided right? What, what, what you need is provided. Somebody might, you know, buy you dinner. You don't have any money in your wallet for that day, but you're still grateful for what you have. And you join someone for dinner and they grab the bill, right? right? So it's not just money. I, let's be careful about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prosperity comes in all forms. So in comparing yourself, the bitterness, the, I think, resentment that some people feel towards others who are more successful, especially, you know, even women comparing themselves to other women. I see that a lot. Oh, what, are, what are some ways that you can flip that script? I think you've got some great um, exercises in your book, which the, the majority of your book is comprised of these, these exercises, which I love. Right. And one of the great things about those exercises, I usually recommend you put a date on them. And then go back and look at the exercise a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and see how much you've grown from it. See how far along you are. And, and if you're not as far as you're hoping, get back in and do the exercise again. But you asked a question, how do you kind of counteract in your mind? When you find yourself judging somebody or being jealous of somebody else, you know, that's, that's an inherent trait that we probably picked up from our family, our social, economic class, teachers, those things all need to go. Judgment needs to go. And one way to counteract that is to give that very person you want to judge or be jealous of a compliment. Find something that you like about that person that you can sincerely say, gee, that looks great on you, or I'm so happy for your success, or I'm really glad that you're making more money now. Whatever it is, you need to seriously counteract that jealous judgment thing with compliments, gratitude that in that order. Mm -hmm. And you could also write letters, right? You have, you have some signs on your book. My favorite <laughs> way of, of getting to the internal part of what's bothering you is to write a letter. So let's say you can't give someone a compliment. Instead, write them a letter. None of the letters I ever ask you to write are for mailing ever. They're in the journal for a reason. So you can go back. I'm telling you, if you go back a year from now and look at those, you will be blown away by your progress. 
I promise you that. But write a letter to that person and you might even start it off with telling them that you're jealous. I'm sorry, I'm jealous of you, but, and then just write, write, write. But in the end, when you sign the letter, when you're done with the letter, you will have discovered a part of yourself that you didn't know was rumbling around up there or in your heart or your gut. And so write the letter, be honest with yourself. The letters are for you, no one else to look at. They are the best healing, whether it's prosperity, grief, relationships, letter writing, putting it aside in a journal. I like journals to do that in. It's a super way of bringing yourself to the next level, mm -hmm. the next light level. I have never done that before. That's going to be my, I'm definitely going to be trying that in the next few weeks. I'm right. going to let, let, let you know, know how it yes. goes. Get back to me on that. Let me know. Yeah, how I will definitely. So is this kind of, or do you do this kind of work with clients now that you're shifting into more of a spiritual coach mindset or have you been coaching for a long time? I don't know how long. Well, you've been. technically I've been coaching for my whole life. I just never did it as a career. Mm -hmm. So part of in my real estate sales, most of my process was in coaching, getting the information about whatever somebody needed and then digesting it and giving it back to them saying, this is what I think will work best for you. So uh, yeah, I love, love the coaching people love the, uh, to help some bring a conscious change. I'm coaching a young gentleman right now who, I mean, it was as simple as he, he mentioned one day to me about, I asked him, do you make your bed? And he said, no, I hate making my bed. I go, why? And he told me something, some event happened to him when he was in kindergarten about making his bed. And he purposely doesn't make his bed because that's still replaying in his head for him. I said, do me a favor. For the next 30 days, I want you to make your bed. And so 30 days later, we talked. He said, I can't believe how less chaotic I feel since I've learned to make my bed. Now imagine that. He's 33 years old, I believe. All those years of holding on to one little event that happened way back then and how just changing something. I mean, who doesn't want to walk into their bedroom and the bed's made? Right. right. It's just no chaos. It's chaos free that way. So, yes, I think coaching people, helping them understand the things that they're still dragging with them in the future and how it's affecting their prosperity, their relationships is important. Right. And it's usually not it's not about the bed. It's not about money. It's about something internal that happened to us, some experiences that we had in childhood or who knows, maybe even past lives. So you have other books, right? You have a book on grief. What else are you, are you writing something right now? Or do you have something new out? Um, I'm, I'm the uh, new stone age crystal data for the 21st century is just out. I have five different books that are all different stages, uh, like mineral speak, chakra speak, color speak, color. Oh my goodness. Color is such a huge part of our life that we don't even really realize. Uh, and so all my speak books are will should be done by the end of this year. I have a book called Sacred Relationship that I've been writing for five and a half years, still waiting to really feel like I've accomplished that part of me in the relationship world and Sacred Space, which is really uh, explaining how the seven deadly sins, fear, guilt, greed, jealousy, hatred, revenge, and anger, how they come into play in our life and how we can use the 12 spiritual apps to counteract them. Again, more letter writing. Crystal, the crystals is really interesting to me too, because I think that's just coming online for a lot of people. People are starting to realize the power of crystals. We have, I have a bunch, but I started collecting them just because I thought they were cool. But then I started to read up more like you, you're teaching 
and how we can use them even in our daily life. I will guarantee you, if you were to put your crystals on a table, just a coffee table that they could see, they will immediately gravitate to them. Yeah. And children now, these children born today, I'm going to call them the crystal children, mm-hmm. because they have this innate knowledge already as to what crystals can do. They don't have the logical part of it, mm-hmm. but they know inside. And that is a clue up, up from kids from now to 15. They're just enamored with crystals. They can't get enough. They want to know more. That tells me right where we're headed. So in my mind, I believe crystals are the uh, new technology for crystal healing of the future. Physical, actual physical healing. When you learn about what minerals do inside your body, and then you learn that all the crystals are nothing but minerals, crystals work using Bluetooth technology outside of your body, while the foods you eat that have calcium, magnesium, copper, all that working on the inside of your body. Believe it or not, I have too much of one particular mineral in my body, and I'm using another crystal to try to temper that because the one, it's calcium, and the too much calcium is just causes my body some havoc. So I'm trying to balance my calcium because we need balance in our lives as emotionally as much as we do physically. And our bodies need so much balance. They are so balanced, energy-oriented. Mm-hmm. that uh, energy work is like the future for, for healing now. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share about your work or the book before we close? No, I'm just grateful for this opportunity to, to chat with you and maybe have a few other listeners learn some things they didn't know. That's like right up my alley. Such a lovely conversation with Catherine Wilcox. I so enjoyed it. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. It's a good reminder that we have the ability to design and help bring conscious change to old patterns in our lives, that we have the ability to repattern and move into a space of prosperous flow. And it begins with us and it begins in the being, not in the doing. It begins in working on ourselves. And I think if if this is something that resonates with you, you're really going to enjoy this book because it is a workbook style and you can keep coming back to it. You can find the link to the book in the show notes. And I am really looking forward to having another guest on in the next couple of weeks to talk more about human design and how it can help us with our money and our lives. And I'm going to be throwing in a few more finance one-on-one episodes that seem pretty timely this year. So if you're enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review. Those are most helpful for me because they help rank my podcast and they help people find this medicine. So please like, share, review, subscribe, and I look forward to chatting with you next week.